And welcome to CityWell Online. Happy Easter. We are so glad you're joining us this morning. But let's be honest, we're it's it's not like a normal Easter. Like, you probably are used to going to church somewhere, something like that. You're doing Easter at home. This, so let's, let's step out of the studio. Let's leave that for a little bit and hang out. We're going to hear from some different people on the launch team this morning. So uh, we're going to also give you backstage into what's going on in the Griggs house. So, yeah, we are coming up by my family. Here they are. Good morning. Morning. We're so glad again that you're celebrating Easter with us. Yeah, and we would love for you to share this video with those who, you know, are either at home or who don't have a church family. So we would love for you to share this, like, comment, uh, just be engaged with us this morning. Yeah, and so we're going to go, we're going to pop around. You're going to hear from some other uh, people on our team. We'll come back a few times and keep moving with the service. Again, thank you for joining us. You guys want to say anything? Bye. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Duh. All right. Good morning. If you received an Easter at home kit from us this week, we would like you to comment down below and let us know. I would also like to know what your favorite part of this kit was. For me, it has been this devotional. Each day, there's something new, something different in here. There's activities to do. There's QR codes that can be scanned with additional information. Um, the Palm Sunday, you it showed instructions on turning those palm branches that we distributed into crosses. Um, we had communion on Thursday, which was which was great. DJ and Steph did an awesome job leading us through that um, up until the resurrection. So, let us know down below what your favorite part of your Easter at home kit has been. I know for the kids, it's been the candy. My grandson's so excited about the Easter eggs and all of that candy. Again, comment down below. Good morning and happy Easter. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning and we have some great stuff for your kids this week. Even though it might look a little different, there is still great stuff for your preschool age kids, just like this guy. And there's some stuff for your elementary age kids like this little lady here. So make sure you head on over to citywell.church slash Sunday, and you'll be able to find a video for each of those age groups. And you'll also find something called a conversation starter. And on those, it'll have some great questions for you to talk with your kids that will discuss what they learned in this week's lesson. So it will give you another opportunity just to reinforce those things and to also really speak into your lives, into your children's lives as parents. We hope you really enjoy it. All right, so you're newer to online church. You're like, I don't, this is kind of weird. What do I do? How do I? And this has never been the ideal. We long and look for the day that we get in person. We're planning for fall for that. And we'd love if you're not involved in a church for you to jump in with us and help bring CityWell in person come this fall. But for now, today, what I'd encourage you to do is make sure you're on our Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, watch it on there and you can engage, like, comment, share, all of that there. Now we're on YouTube also, and you can stream on YouTube. And what we found is a lot of families enjoy streaming on YouTube to their TV because it's easy to get up there and then jump it over on Facebook to engage in the comments. We call this time before we start the live stream, the lobby, because it's just a time to hang out like you're in a church lobby. But then uh, 
we we love seeing your comments and for things. I'm going to, throughout the morning, encourage you, post different things, answer different questions. So make sure you're you're ready for that. Now, on both Facebook and YouTube, make sure you like the Facebook page for CityWell and YouTube. What, what I want to encourage you to do is click subscribe and ring the bell. So there's both of those. That bell is going to let you know when we go live next week. Hey, are you new here or do you like free stuff? Don't worry, we got your back. Why don't you text here or new to 610-590-8550 and we will send you a free gift, a gift from us to you. And all you just need to do is text new or here to 610-590-8550. And that's it, no strings attached. All you just need to do is text here or new to that phone number. Proverbs 22.8 tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. I'd like to encourage you today to give to CityWell Church. What better place to give than a founding church looking to make an impact on its community with leaders such as DJ and Steph that I've personally become very glad to have in my life. Um, I'm very excited about the future of this church and the impact it will have on the community. Um, and I'm very blessed to be able to give um, and looking forward to, to seeing what we're able to do. Happy Easter, Karen here. We want to know, are you dressing up or down for Easter at home? Personally, I'll probably dress my kids up just to get those photos, but other than that, I'm probably dressing down and then they'll probably be out of those outfits real quick. Drop your answer in the comments below and let us know, do you dress up or down for Easter at home? Hi everyone, my name is Ramsey Coulter or Corey Coulter, and I would love for you guys to share City Wells service this Sunday. You can share it, you can comment on it, you can like it, you can uh, tag your friends um, on it so that way they can see the posts, they can see the service, and that'd be an amazing thing for us, and that would help spread the word of God. And I hope you have a happy Easter. Thanks so much. Easter Sunday. It is just a great day to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today with you. So thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Steph and this is CJ. And again, we just welcome you here this morning. If it's your first time here, we want you to text the word new to 610-590-8550. That'll let us know a little bit more about you. And it will also uh, give you this little form to fill out so that we can send you a gift that just says thanks for joining us. So we're not gonna harass you or hassle you, anything like that. We just wanna say thanks for joining us. If you've been here before, text the word here to the same phone number so that we know that you attended again because it's just an honor that you, you join us again. Yeah, and we 
we love kids, as you can see, we have a whole family full of them. But we we have something for your kids this morning. Uh, we have a kid service just for them. If you go to citywell.church slash Sunday, text Sunday to 610-590-8550, you can access that. We actually changed it up some today. It's going to be very different than what we had in the past. We're super excited about uh, just the quality of content that's coming. Uh, instead of having parent cues, what you're going to see is discussion guides. So you'll have a conversation starter. That's the term. Yeah. Conversation <laughs> starter to be able to start just having conversations with your kids. So way less reading for you, but still great content to start pastoring your kids through what they're learning uh, on the online service. So definitely check that out. All right, we're just going to take this time to pray into our time of worship this morning. So God, we just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that today we get to celebrate your uh, defeat of death um, and your resurrection from the grave. I thank you that your sacrifice covered the sins of the entire world, um, including ours. And so I just thank you for that sacrifice. I thank you that we get to celebrate um, in your resurrection power. I thank you that we share that power, God. Um, what an awesome thing that is. So we just pray as we go into this time of worship and this time of worship through song and also worship through learning um, in your word this morning. I just pray you um, open our hearts uh, to what you have for us today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've carried a burden too long on my own and I wasn't created to bury it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go I see it now I'm laying it down and I know that I need you. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Redemption, the price of my heart. I don't have a context, no, for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend all I know is. Oh, 
Good morning, happy Easter. I snuck back into the studio for a little bit. We have a nice camera, we have nice lights around so that you have a nice crisp picture as we get into the message. But real quick, can I give a shout out to my mama? She's usually watching and there is a way that she just greets everyone on Easter. Just one of my biggest memories from Easter as a kid. So I'm gonna greet you like she always greets everybody on Easter. He is risen. Now, if you know the response, drop it in the chat right now. He is risen. And today we're celebrating Christ's resurrection from the dead. We're celebrating Easter. And so you're going to hear, uh, if you're hanging out with church people, uh, some people usually will say, he is risen. And it's a call and response. And the response is, he has risen indeed. It's kind of like Christian Marco Polo. So right now, if you go into Walmart today and just yell out randomly, he is risen, you'll probably get some people answering you and you'll get others looking at you like you're crazy. Uh, give it a try, post it on social media. I'd love to see it, tag us in it. Uh, no, don't really do that. But anyway, we're starting a new series today and it's called God Never Said That. And just to set up this series, check out this video real quick. I just can't do it anymore. I have nothing left. Between the divorce, the cancer, your mom dying and being laid off, I know it feels like you're going through a lot. <laughs> Believe me, I have been there. Just remember, when God closes a door, he opens a window. And never forget, God never gives you more than you can handle. Uh, uh, uh. God never said that. Oh, I've got another one if you want to take a shot. Yeah, they come as a pair. Bring it. In today's culture, there's these things that we say, and they sound spiritual, and they sound biblical, and they sound loving. 
but they're not sound theology. So for the next few weeks, we are going to look at them, we're going to break them down, we're going to talk about them and see what the Bible really says. And you'll hear people say like, when God closes a door, he opens a window. And they like almost go King James on you and like go super spiritual. Why do we say that? If you look at scripture, John 10, Jesus is talking. He talks about like entering the sheep's gate. He said, enter through the gate. It's the thief that climbs over another way. Revelation 3, Jesus is talking to the church of Philadelphia. He says, what God shuts, no one can open. What God opens, no one can shut. So I'm not looking to climb through any stinking window because like the Joel reminds us, it's the thieves that climb through the window. I'm praying for God to give us open doors. Why do we say that people should climb through windows? That's the thief's job. Jesus goes on to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3, and he actually says, he says, after what God shuts, no one can open. What God opens, no one shuts. He says, I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not deny my name. And let me tell you, it's Easter. So we're celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, but I bet some of you can relate to that passage right now. You're going through stuff, and you're worn out, and you're tired. Maybe you keep picking up shifts at work because your family needs the money, but the more shifts you pick up, the more your kids are suffering for it and they need you at home, but your family needs the money and you feel like there's no winning. Or perhaps your dad is sick and you're taking care of him and then your kids have the different activities that they're involved in. And from week to week, you don't know if they're going to be virtual school or in class or kind of a combination of what and what your what's your schedule going to look like. And you're working from Zoom and it, just takes everything out of you and you're tired and feel unproductive and you feel like you can't get anywhere. Or maybe you're like, I know we need to get married, but how do you even plan a wedding right now? This season is crazy. And how do you come up with the money for the wedding? And who do you invite? Is, is it okay to invite everybody? Do we invite Aunt Sick, Aunt Sally? What do we do? So you just keep pushing off what you know is the step God wants you to take, but you're not taking it because you just feel like it's too much. And then in those seasons where we feel like I am already overwhelmed, some well-meaning Christian comes along and they, they're going to give you spiritual advice. And they're like, let me tell you when God, God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give you more than you can handle. Your mama's sick and you have cancer, but God will never give you more than you can handle. Let me tell you, that is a load of cow you can fill in whatever blank you want there. I think we've all had seasons where God has let us go through more than we can handle. And I've heard it said that you're either going through a really hard season, you're coming out of a really hard season, or you don't know it yet, but you're about to go into a really hard season. Life is full of hard seasons. And the the best I can, we have to ask, where did this saying come from? God will never give you more than you can handle. Where, how did we get this false idea? And the best I can tell is it's an over, oversimplification for something Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, if we just remove it from context and oversimplify it. Here's what it says. It says, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. And God is faithful. He'll never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So it does say, he will, when you're tempted, God will never give you more than you can bear. We take that out of context. We oversimplify it. And all of a sudden, God will never give you more than you can do. You, you can't apply that to every area of life. It, that's, that's temptation. That's talking about temptation. 
There are times that God will give you more than you can handle in life. And we actually see this in scripture. We see a lot of the heroes of faith were given more than they can handle. We see stories of people that we look up to now, but in the moment, they're like, God, this is more than I can handle. Gideon said, I'm the weakest from the weakest tribe. Why are you calling me? Moses said, I, I'm slow at speech. Esther was afraid. David, he goes and messes up big time with Bathsheba. And, and then what he says afterwards, he writes that my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. David was, he was done. He's like, I can't handle this. Even Jesus, even Jesus, the pressures of everything took him to the place that we see he takes Peter, James, and John out with him and he becomes distressed and troubled. And then Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of sorrow, to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. There are times God is going to give you more than you can handle. This week, I asked our team, can you, can you record a selfie video for us of a time that God gave you more than you can handle? Now, most of the team, the idea of recording a selfie video of themselves made them nervous, and they're like, that's more than I can handle, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine, but we hear stories all the time of God giving people more than they can handle. When, when you lost your spouse, or your child, or your sibling, or even your pet, when God told you it's time to start being generous, even though you've never given before, and you look at your finances and go, I don't think I can. Or when your husband started spiraling in addiction, or when your wife's mental health struggles that she's just been trying to work through got to the place where your job was on the line. We've all had times that God has given us more than we can handle. Now, Yvonne, she's an awesome launch team member, uh, and I'm not saying this just because she submitted a video, but she did. And man, talk, talk about a time God gave her more than she can handle. Check this out. When I was 15, my dad left and took everything my parents owned, leaving my mom, my brother, and me on the streets with no money, no visa, and nowhere else to go. So God will give us more than we can handle. And there are those times where we just say, God, why didn't you stop this? Why didn't you keep them from leaving? Why didn't you heal her? Why didn't you keep my furnace from breaking when I'm already dealing with everything else? God, why am I dealing with more than I can handle? Today, I can give you two reasons that God does allow us to go through more than we can handle. And the first reason is so we depend on his presence. See, when, when things are going well, we tend to forget God. I, I'd ask you, when was the last time you met somebody who their story is, my life was awesome, I, my family was happy, my family was healthy, I had everything I wanted, and I looked around and went, man, God has blessed me, I should give my life to Jesus. I don't know many people, I don't know anybody with that as their testimony. When things are going well, we tend to forget about God. But when things are not going well, it's when we start leaning in. And sometimes we lean in in anger, but usually we lean in for help. We lean in and go, this is beyond me. I need you now, God. Sometimes God gives us more than we can handle so that we learn to depend on him. And an example of this is Jonah. We all, most of us know the story of Jonah. He, he's called to go to Nineveh. 
but he doesn't like the Ninevites and they're big and they're scary and whatever his excuses are, he's like, uh, uh, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna go the opposite way because that does not look good and this does look much better. What happens? He rebels and he spirals. Jonah rebels and he spirals. Some of you have experienced this in your life. Maybe you're in a spiral right now. You knew the way God was calling you to live. You knew what you should do, but you said, uh-uh, this, it looks better over there. I'm going to go over there instead. And you, you're in a spiral and you think there's no recovering from this. I'm too far gone. I've gotten too far away. I've too, messed up too much. Check out what Jonah says. He is in a fish, swallowed by a fish. And this is what he says. He says, in my distress, I called out to the Lord and he answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help and he listened to my cry. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. God sometimes will let you spiral. He'll let you fall. He'll let you experience more than you can handle because it's going to correct the path. It's going to straighten you out. It's going to help you learn to depend on him in life. We call to God in distress. We forget him in success. Did you catch that? We call to God in distress, but we forget him in success. And you can, you can experience God on the mountaintop. But my experience has been, I experience him the best in the valley. In those times that I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, those are the times God's presence is most clear to me. It was in the valley that I, I received a call to ministry. It was in the valley I even received the call to plant this church. It was the time I was going through a lot of just working through emotional stuff. God spoke and said, listen, I have a work for you in Coatesville. Some of my best friends in this world are people that God brought into my life that, who walked alongside of me in a valley. I showed Yvonne's video earlier. I asked her, how did you get through that time? And I loved her reply. She said, that time in my life was the darkest, but most amazing time. I learned how resilient and creative I am. And through that painful process, I connected with God deeper and le learned to trust God's plan. God is good. I, I love that. Did you catch that? God was working in the valley. And so I, I've come to the place where I'd say I would rather be in a valley with Jesus than on a mountaintop without him. There's going to be those times that you're in a valley and those are the times you push into God's presence like never before because he is there with you. Now, the second reason God's going to sometimes let us experience more than we can handle it so we can experience his power because too often we're doing life on our own. We're trying to do it all on our own. So I'm, I was in ninth grade and my high school put in a rock climbing wall. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm so excited for this, but I had never rock climbed before. And the teacher spent time giving us instructions on how we're supposed to do it, what we're supposed to do, all of that. I didn't pay attention. Like I was a ninth grade distracted uh, ADHD kid and didn't pay attention to what I was supposed to do. And I was never this, a big guy, but I got partnered with a girl that looked like she should still be in fifth grade. Like she's like this tall and this big around. She's, she's tiny. I don't think she could open a Snapple bottle if she wanted to. But I'm a ninth grade boy. So 
I got selected to go up the wall first, and I feel like this is a dare. It's like it's a challenge. I have to do this. So I start climbing with all my strength. I'm terrified of this girl that I'm tied to, but I'm like, I'm going to do this on my own. And I climb, and I climb, and I climb, and I hit the top of the wall. And so there's no more area to climb. So I just reach up and smack the concrete wall above just to show off a little bit extra. So I knew I was supposed to climb the wall, but what now? Now I need to come down and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I start trying with my own strength to come down this wall, to scale it back down. But at this point I used my arms. They're done for the day. I'm not able to do anything else. My legs are shaking. My arms are shaking. The gym teacher starts yelling, let go and lean back, let go and lean back. And I'm thinking, no way, I saw that girl. I'm tied to, a, there's no way she can hold this rope and keep me from coming down. So I keep trying to do it by my own strength until my arms couldn't take it anymore. And I slipped and I fell and I let go and fell and don't fall on those harnesses. Oh, they hold you, but don't don't have quick impact. Anyway, it caught me and she caught me and, and I was able to come back down. I was trying to come down the wall on my own power. That's not how the wall was designed. It was designed for me to lean back and let go and let the rope do most of the work while I easily walked backwards. But foolish me, I had to learn that the hard way. You weren't created to do life by your own power. You weren't created to do life all by yourself. When we recognize that, that's when we can start experiencing God's power in our life. This may be freeing for some of us, but you don't need to do it all by your own power. God's power shows up best when we're able to do, unable to do anything else. When we look at something, that, when we look at scripture and we see the apostles and different leaders are great examples of God's power showing up because so often they didn't do it by their own power. They did it by God's power. Paul, Paul's an example of doing it by God's power. I love what he wrote to the Colossians. He said, for this, I toil struggling with all of his power, that power, his energy that powerfully works within me. Paul wasn't doing it on his own. He wrote to the Corinthians and he talks to the Corinthians about having this thorn in his flesh. And we read it and it's weird and we're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. What is this thorn in his flesh? Theologians have argued about it and discussed it. And most think he was upset that he couldn't see anymore. His eyes were failing and he calls it a thorn in his flesh. And it says, Paul says to the Corinthians that he prayed three different times for this to be removed from him. And we think, okay, Paul said three little quick, Jesus, fix my eyes. Jesus, fix my eyes. Jesus, fix my eyes. And God did. And he, he was upset about that. Now, no, the Paul was saying he went through three seasons of prayer, probably three extended seasons of prayer, three seasons where he came to all the prayer warriors in his life, three seasons of him coming to God daily, three seasons of him asking his pastor and his life group and his friends and his family to be praying for him. Went through three seasons believing God had the power and would heal him and God didn't remove whatever that was that was the thorn in his flesh. Maybe you have your own thorn. Maybe it's depression and you just keep going, God, take it away. Maybe it's a health concern for one of your kids. Maybe it's your marriage. God, I just want a good marriage. And no matter how hard I try and how much I pray. Maybe it's your finance. God, I just need a month where I feel like we have enough to get by. 
And God can solve your problem, but he doesn't. I love what Paul wrote then to the Corinthians. After telling them about this thorn in his flesh, he said, but God said to me, speaking about the thorn, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Then Paul says, therefore, and this sounds so crazy, but he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Did you see that? In his weakness is when Christ's power rested upon him. Then he continues, this is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness when I can't do it on my own. In insult, when people are beaten up on me. In hardship, when my car breaks down and my furnace dies and my whatever. In persecution, when I'm dealing with spiritual attacks on every side. In difficulty, when life is too hard for me. Then he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Could it be that God isn't removing the thorn? Because it's keeping you focused on him. When I am weak, then I am strong. Drop that in the chat right now. We need to remember that. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I can't, God can. You know that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is behind you. The resurrection power that we're celebrating today is with you in your weakness. We not, might not be able to do it on our own, but God can. When I have the least to bring, God's power shows up the best. So maybe today you're tired. You've been trying to do it on your own. You've been rowing the boat hard, but you're rowing with one paddle. You're worn out. You're tired. You're trying to go upstream and you feel like you aren't. You're just going backwards. Maybe it's time to stop rowing. Maybe it's time to look up. You'll realize God didn't put you in a rowboat. You're in a sailboat. Open up that sail. Let him do the work. Let, this, let God's Holy Spirit start blowing on you and on the direction you're going. God's power will show up in your weakness. Let me pray for you. God, I, I come before you. I pray for those who are hurting today. You said this life is more than I can bear. I pray that you give them freedom knowing that that's okay to admit and that you're there and you love them and you want to help them. I pray for people who say, I, I'm in a valley right now, and I feel like I'm surrounded by all the death, and the shadow of death is right there. I pray that your Holy Spirit comes and ministers and says, hey, I'm with you. I want to bring comfort to you. I pray for those who feel far from you, God. Come and do a, do a work and say, no, I am present. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you that you rose from the dead, conquering sin and death and restoring our relationship with you. I pray that you keep that forefront in our mind today. Now today, maybe you tuned in and you heard this and you're like, I don't even know where to start. You feel kind of like David in the verse we read earlier where he's like, my sin, it's too great for me to overcome. I'll tell you it is. It is. Your sin is too great for you to overcome on your own. That's the great news of Easter, though. God raised Jesus to life again, and he can raise you to life again also. And you say, no, 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 that sounds too good to be true. It's not. It's too good not to be true. The God, the God of the universe stepped into humanity. He paid the price for our sins. He rose from the grave. And today he offers us a fresh start in Jesus. It's too good 
not to be true. So if you've never put your faith in Jesus before, but you're saying today is the day, I ask you to pray this after me. Just pray, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've messed up on my own. I'm unable to do life by myself anymore. So I'm turning to you. Please come save me. Fill me. Help me. I'm done doing it all by my own power. I need you. So today, I accept you as Lord and Savior. Amen. Jesus as your Savior, we want to know. Text the word Jesus to 610-590-8550. Then we'll be able to help you take these first steps in your new relationship with him. If you still have some questions about what a relationship with Jesus looks like, feel free to text that same number, whatever your questions are, and we will be happy to talk with you about them. Now, if you are not a part of a local church, it is so important that you are. So if you if you're not, text the word TEEN to that same phone number 610-590-8550 so that we can give you some more information about what it looks like to be a part of City Well Church. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. We can't wait to see you again next week. Happy Easter.